The question is, have we not learned anything? So while the rest of the country has either suspended school or canceled it outright for the year, and we should learn uh, probably later this week, if not early next week, what the situation is in Ontario, Quebec decided to go full steam ahead in opening up its schools, despite the fact that it, st- you know, it still remains the epicenter of this breakout. I mean, they've got over 700 cases a day. There are over 3,000 deaths. And there are still a lot of unknowns as to how this virus actually affects children. And so while this whole narrative has been going on that, you know, kids don't really get this, more and more cases continue to show up showing children with particular uh, issues that they believe are linked to COVID-19. And of course, the other side of this is that kids are big germ spreaders. And so parents may be needing a break from the kids, but given the devastation the virus has done to our very most vulnerable, you got to wonder, is, is really getting a month of school in, you know, worth all the risks? Susan Minsberg is a PhD candidate in the School of Social Work at McGill University. Welcome back to the show, Susan. And you wrote in a recent editorial that you just, you put the basic question note, what can senior residents teach us about reopening schools? What's the answer to that question? I don't know if there's like one clear answer. I think what I was thinking, or I guess how I would answer it is let's tread carefully. Um, I think what I was getting at is one of the big mistakes I think we made in seniors' homes, uh, and possibly for good reason, is that we acted very quickly. Um, and what concerns me was that that move to remove families from seniors' home that was, was made very quickly. Uh, at the time, I think we maybe didn't have as much a choice to act quickly because things were happening so fast and we didn't really know, you know, Uh, as much what we were doing then, but it's now been a couple of months. And I think my concern is that we make decisions um, too quickly that could then have consequences that we don't want. Right. And so, pardon me, sorry, my child is screaming in the background. (laughs) Totally made me last my shit. We'll have to edit that part out, Jason. The reason I think that the the premier did this is because he's very popular in rural settings of Quebec. And so the notion is, you know, get the schools in the rural areas opened up and and that will appease not just the voter base, but, you know, um, you're getting something done. But again, what's the feedback been from the, the population? Are most people actually sending their kids into school? Well, I mean, my sense is, and I mean, they reported this on the news yesterday because, I mean, they started yesterday, is uh, the statistics that I've been hearing are between 25 and 35 percent um, of, of families sending their kids back. So I don't know if that's the exact percentage, but what I do know is it's, it's, it's quite low, um, even in the rural areas. Uh, so I think the sense is a lot of parents are concerned for, for various reasons, right? I mean, there's all kinds of different reasons to be concerned or just not ready. Um, I know, you know, if I look at what's happening in Montreal and the people I've spoken to, you know, there are people who obviously want and need their kids to be back in school. But I think the general sense I get both from parents and from teachers I've spoken with um, is, is that, you know, is this a plan that's making sense? I think a lot of people are concerned that it's happening quickly. One of the things I heard reported last night on the news was, I don't know the exact wording, so I don't want to quote it exactly, but it was something like, you know, the biggest uh, scientific experiment with children that's ever happened or something along those lines. Um, It was sort of, you know, framed that way. And I thought like, you know, I think that's part of the concern. We just don't know enough about this virus yet. And we're putting all these kids um, back into the school system and expecting teachers to do things that I think are unrealistic at this point. Um, I don't think it's so much about teaching anymore. You know, it's going to be more about, you know, um, 
maintaining social distancing, policing, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I've got a seven-year-old and I can tell you I am desperate, desperate for him to get into something outside of my house. Uh, but as a parent, uh, knowing that there, as you say, are so many unknowns with this thing, I'm not willing to send him back for a few weeks just to finish out the school year. And also on top of that, I'm not real keen on him, you know, marching in a line, you know, six feet apart with masks. I don't, I'm not sure that's a positive message to be teaching the kids if that's, you know, you, you know, it's almost like the protocols and safety procedures would be somewhat more damaging than letting them just stay out of it for a while until we've got everything in order. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm in the same boat. So I have three kids. So two are in high school. So they are out till the till um, September, at least, uh, you know, they're teenagers. So partly they're thrilled, but you know, to not be at school and to get to sleep in. But you know, partly I'm my older one, especially, you know, is quite academic and you know, misses school and misses learning. Um, but then I also have an eight year old. So we went through the dilemma, because you know, the idea is that in Montreal, we will be opening supposedly. And you know, what do we do? Because we're in the same boat, right? Obviously, we want our kids back in school, I want my my daughter to be learning. And mostly, I wanted to just be socializing and being with her friends. But we leaned more to the side to not partly um, because of the concerns, but partly because I'm, I'm honestly really concerned about what we're doing to teachers. And if we're in a position where I feel I don't have to send my daughter back, I mean, she does well in school, socially she's okay, at home she's safe. Uh, I'd rather on my end kind of leave the space for people who might need it more because there are kids, I mean, you know, I am trained in social work and there are kids who really are in very difficult situations and even dangerous situations not being in school. So that's also very important to be taking into account. And so you're and talking just about more... those with uh, autism and behavioral issues that need that one-on-one. -on -one. I mean, if you want to open up the schools to anybody, open yeah. it up to them because there are fewer of them and then at least, you know, you could keep them, uh, give the parents support. Uh, I'm talking about that, but I think I'm more thinking about kids who are living in homes where there's kind of, you know, abuse or dangerous situations going on. And, and, you know, there's been a lot of talk how in the schools, you know, the schools ultimately for kids who are at risk, a school is a really important place to, to identify, you know, things that might be going on in these children's lives. So it's, it's kind of more thinking about that. Um, but I think for the general population, um, I don't know, I just feel like it's, it's, too much too soon we just don't know enough yet that's my concern and that's sort of my sense generally for many parents and given your work and the kind of work you do have you been able to look into or get any kind of data as to the social implications for the children not being around other kids i mean i've got an only child he's had literally no interaction outside of an ipad yeah. um, is there that kind of data that we know of not being through that social experience of being around kids at school and having even structure in their life yeah, I mean, that's not my field at all. Like I'm coming more adult mental health. So I can't speak to that data or those statistics. But I guarantee that there are there is information about that. And I'm sure that there are people actually studying it right now. So I mean, I'm not the person to answer that I could certainly kind of refer you to people who probably would no, be in no, a much better enough, position. Um, but I would think there would be I think there would be I think a lot of parents are concerned about academics. Um, but there's a whole social aspect, like you say, right? I mean, especially with young kids who, you know, are used to socializing and being with friends. And, and you know, it, one of the things that I kind of miss most or miss, uh, not miss, but you know, what I think about most for my, my child is just that interaction with her friends, because, you know, especially when they're young, they're learning, they're learning how to deal with, you know, uh, how to make friends, how to you know, be an argument friend, how to fix an argument. So all of that is so much part of what they get out of the school system too. Mm -hmm. um, so I would think for sure that that's having probably a, an impact also. 
I mean, yeah, no, sorry. Do you look at this as an ethical situation? Because, you know, we, the reason we don't do a lot of um, research on children is because it's unethical to use yeah. children, um, you know, as a, a project, so to speak. Do, do you see a, an ethical issue with having a premier, you know, put the kids back in school because they feel the need to fit some kind of require, uh, requirement? I mean, it's an interesting question. I haven't thought of it from that perspective, but I think certainly you probably could um, have some ethical questions, especially if, I mean, listen, no one's framing this around a science project, right? I mean, we're doing this because parents need to get back to work, because kids need to be learning, because the economy needs to pick up. Um, so, but if you sort of look at it, you know, from a different angle, then for sure, I think you could be questioning that. I mean, I look at it more as, is this really about education and our kids needing to be back in school to learn? Or is this really about getting the economy going? And if kids are in school, parents can get back to work quicker and the economy can pick up. Um, that's, and especially, you know, our premier is, you know, a, a businessman. So I, I can't help thinking it's much more about that. And even if we say it's about education, well, if you look at what is being put in place to put these kids back in, in school, it really hasn't, doesn't have much to do with the curriculum right now. You know, they're even talking about they're not going to be giving them new material because, not, because it's also um, not mandatory. So not right. all kids will be in school. So they can't teach them new stuff. So is this really about education or is it about something else? Um, and if politics? Poli no one's talking politics. No, they never talk about it. <laughs> never talk politics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think there's a lot more going on here. I'm just, you know, from where I sit and someone who's concerned more about vulnerable populations and the kind of investment and how we fund things. You know, we saw this disaster crisis go on in long-term care and we are now acutely aware that it's not supported enough. You know, I, I, I transfer that over. Listen, we're not investing enough in education. We're not investing enough in mental health care. Do we need another crisis like just, you know, what we just went through or what we're going through in long-term care to wake up and realize that we might need to be investing in some of these other parts of society as well? It is a conversation that will continue to follow and see where it takes us. Uh, Susan, always appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you.